Welcome to Mental Millennials with your host, Shelby Friesen. Today I've got Maya Johal on the on for the show. And um, we met where through Pierre, the smoothie bar. Actually, we met like three years ago. Where? In Pure. Well, not oh, Pure. Yeah, yeah. Seasons. Oh, seasons. yeah, when it was Seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. way back. I remember you came in with a bunch of your friends and you guys were hungover <laughs> as shit. Like, you used to come in every day super hungover. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, not these guys. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it, honestly. We were so obnoxious then. But I never saw Jamie coming in those times, you know? It was just you and some of your other friends, maybe? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He didn't really drink with us back then. Well, we all went. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've like got to know each other a little bit better and you mm-hmm. reached out and wanted to come on yeah. for an episode and we briefly chatted before and I guess what we're going to get into is what you explained as your life as a rolling ball. Okay. <laughs> well, before I get started, I just want to say like, okay. thank you for having me. I yeah. really appreciate that. I feel like some of the things I have to say, sometimes people resonate to that and I want to know that, you know, mm-hmm. you're not the only one out there feeling yeah. fucked up sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and also this is really cool thing that you're doing. So. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so going on to when I said my ro- my life was like a rolling ball, mm-hmm. is that what I said? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people that I know used to use that analogy with my mom. Um, she was like, they would say that she was like this ball that would roll into your life and would crash anything that comes in the way. Okay. So. A lot of people used to use that as an analogy to describe my mom. Mm-hmm. My mom was a very destructive person. Um, to this day, like, I don't keep in contact very often. Mm-hmm. And she dealt with a lot of personal issues. She grew up in, like, a genocide. Okay. Um, maybe you don't know. Maybe you do know, like, the Khmer Rouge genocide. No, I don't. It's happened quite a while ago. I mean, my mom's, like, 40-something now, but... She grew up with that, and Mm -hmm. then she was sponsored to go to Montreal and study there. Sorry if I'm, like, stuttering. It's my anxiety. (laughs) It's all good. (laughs) Which we'll probably end up talking about. Yeah. (laughs) Um, She struggled with a lot of drug addiction. Um, A lot of the stuff that have slow brain development when I was a kid because I was, like, induced by heroin when she took heroin as a... Oh, okay, When she was pregnant. And... um, so she's just been a fucking mess her mm-hmm. whole life. And then that's why I'm using that case, like okay. that analogy for me. Okay. I would say I'm like a rolling ball because I always have shit going on, like one after the other. And when I feel like I'm doing great, I always have like an, something else come up, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, you always get hit with something else. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Um, with like... Did you grow up with your mom? Or Funny that you say that. So I grew up in quite a few places. Um, I started off in foster care for a couple of years when my parents weren't capable of having us right now mm-hmm. at the time. And then um, I went in with my grandparents for most of my childhood. And then I moved in with my mom when I was eight years old. Okay. And that's like probably... The first time I remember meeting my mom, I probably have my hair, obviously, when she gave birth to me. Yeah, yeah. And a couple you don't of times after. It. Yeah, I don't really have those memories, but um, I remember meeting her for the first time and I was like, this is so cool. Like, 
I have a mom. So you were excited about it. Yeah, I was so excited about it. And um, and then I moved in with her, and then my mom, my mom left out of the blue in 2016, and then I wasn't living with my stepdad anymore. He was my parent guardian at the time. Okay. He still is to this day. Yeah. Yeah, so that's who I'm living with right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you met her when you were eight, and you lived with her until? 2016. How long was that? So that would be eight years. Okay, and then you just woke up and she was gone or? Well, my mom was a really messed up person. Mm-hmm. She had a lot of stuff going on between her and her husband at the time, which would have been my stepdad. And oh, so they were married. Yes. Yeah, yeah okay. And I, I knew she was having some relationship problems. And one day I heard her just like yelling. And that's a common thing in our household back then. Mm-hmm. A lot of tension at home and just like very anxiety provoking, not never wanting to be there. Yeah, not um, a very safe environment. Totally. Not a safe environment at all. You would always have to be, like, ready for the next thing, you mm-hmm. know? Um, she, I could hear her, like, you know when someone's, like, doing something, like, with anger? Yeah. Closing doors or, like, opening drawers with so much force and whatnot? Yeah. I, heard, I could hear her, like, going in her closet and just shuffling for something. And all of a sudden, I just, like, heard, like, almost sounded like a suitcase rolling. And then she just shut the door. Like, it was like one of the loudest shuts I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. She shut <laughs> yeah. the door so hard. I was like, it literally stuck in my mind for like four years. Yeah. I would like repeat that memory. Um, and the funny thing is like, I didn't see her shutting the door. So I would have to imagine it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she, I didn't know where she went. And that was a um, reoccurring thing for a long time. Oh, so that happened often. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, like, that was the last time that mm-hmm. it happened. She had, like, taken a flight to Cambodia, which is originally where she was from. Okay. And I found that out a couple nights after mm-hmm. she didn't come home. And she, sta- she stayed there for about three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, she's still there? No. No. She's currently... In downtown Vancouver. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that sucks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. no. like, I don't even know what to say. That I've never... Yeah, that's crazy. Well, a lot of people say the same thing that you do, right? Mm-hmm. They have the same reaction as you do. You don't expect to someone, someone to be like, oh, yeah. I feel you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. No. So I don't expect you to be like... I resonate with you. Yeah, I definitely have no idea how that <laughs> feels. Uh. I have to say, um, it was also like, it was a very amazing thing. And it was also the one of the shittiest things that happened to me. Mm-hmm. Amazing because I didn't have to come home and feel so much tension. I felt like a lot of times my mom was really jealous of me. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. She would definitely favor my brother over me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, she would kind of like speak, she would talk a lot of shit to my face. Like how old were you then? Um, like early teens. Yeah. Early teens. I would say it was probably like one of the worst times of my life. I was pretty, I was in a bad place. I mean, I knew I was probably dealing with depression or something Mm -hmm. because I felt like I never wanted to, like I didn't want to exist. And I have to be honest, a lot of the times 
I used to think like, you know, like what is the point of me being here? Mm-hmm. You know, if like I don't mean anything to my parents, you know, like and I, all my life I was like trying to impress them and to get their approval for little things. I remember my mom just like didn't like being hugged. So when I would go hug her, she would just like brush me off. She's like, I don't like hugging. Mm-hmm. And don't get me mom wrong my mom's a very generous and loving person she just doesn't know how to do it <laughs> yeah you know? that's uh i mean yeah i've definitely had similar stuff i well i mean my dad would come home from work but he'd always be like dirty and shit yeah. and i'd like run up to him i'd be so excited yeah. to hug him mm-hmm. and he'd be like don't touch me i'm fucking dirty and like screaming about it and stuff yeah. and it would like scare me yeah and then like now to this day i'm still like awkward about giving people hugs because yeah. i'm like uh you kind of you like kind of make it personal it. yeah you know when it wasn't that personal it mm-hmm. didn't have that thing to do with you you make it a part of you yeah and so um when you try to go and be regular with the rest of the world you're not yeah because and you know when you're feeling awkward mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's i can definitely. fully feel it every yeah time. you're <laughs> like oh, yeah am i being awkward <laughs> yeah i am <laughs> um and like, I guess during that time that was really hard for you, did you have, um, like, what were your friends like? Like, was that, did you have friends that were like helpful or were you like really? You know, like in that time and place, I didn't yeah. really think, or I didn't think to self-diagnose myself that like, you know, my mm-hmm. environment would make me who I was yeah. or, you know, the actions that I was doing would affect like how I'm feeling, especially if I'm going to a tough time, to- through a tough time. Mm-hmm. I remember going to the school to counselor and being like, I don't know why I feel this way. You know, like I have no reason to feel this way. I come from a grateful family and, you know, they take care of me. They put a shelter over my head. They put food on my table. Mm -hmm. But I never made to think that, you know, like, like emotional abuse um, would affect me like that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think like neglection would make me feel like that either Mm -hmm. I didn't think that that was something because I grew up with a very um cultural religious family Mm -hmm. my grandparents and you know no offense at all I feel like religion puts a hold on your inner value and how you feel inside because you know like showing weakness is a form of like you know like you don't I don't know how to explain it but (laughs) if you show weakness you're not a strong person. You can withstand. And and that's, that's thrown at you. And that's within the religion. Yeah, and I feel like people like they read the religion wrong, obviously, because I don't think there is a religion out there that would tell you, you know, like being weak is something negative, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but I was kind of taught to put my emotions, suppress them, and to not feel what I was feeling, and that there. are others out there that is that are worse off than you so mm-hmm. for most of the my life I was like you know like there could be somebody worse off than me there could be somebody you know <laughs> homeless not having food on their table so I just like all my life I didn't think to complain about what I was going through and I instead my def- defense mechanism would probably be like this is normal you know I'll just continue on with my life this is normal that was my defense mechanism, suppressing my feelings, mm-hmm. which I have to say, bite me in the ass so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Dealing with my emotions now is like, oh my God, it's exhausting. Like you said, I heard you say in your other podcast, like energy can get stuck, right? Mm-hmm. Emotions is energy and movement, right? So it moves 
through your whole body. You're not supposed to keep it. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I was suppressing how I felt because, you know, like I thought dealing with my emotions and dealing with the situations were two different things. But they actually go hand in hand together, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's definitely connected. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my emotions out the door. Mm-hmm. Situation. Okay. I did this wrong. He did this wrong. We could deal it. We could figure out this way. But I never really paid attention to how I really felt and um, in those situations. And recently, when I was like, talking to my counselor, she started asking me, like, oh, like, do you remember how you felt during this time? Or how when your mom said this, she, she treated you like this? I was like, I don't know. I don't remember. And she says, like, it's a form of suppression. You know, you're suppressing so hard that you don't actually remember what you were going through. You don't mm-hmm. remember feeling that or you just don't remember at all mm-hmm. can you believe that your body would put that much stress on it because it actually traumatized you so much that you can't remember what you were going through well i feel like i have the same thing all the time because people will talk about these old memories and all this kind of shit from when they were younger and i and i literally can't re- i don't remember very much from when i was young um and people remember all this stuff and i literally have no clue i'm like man I can't and you're like i wish i could resonate with you Mm-hmm. But it's not there. No. <laughs> I feel it's inner work, right? Yeah. As you go deeper, you start to relieve mm-hmm. um, memories and emotions that you felt. Yeah. I remember um, at times my mom would like, would be so mean to me. I didn't actually remember for a long time until recently. I was like, um, she, I, I s- sort of saw her in a, picture of light like I love her she's Mm -hmm. my mom I should treat her like she's my mom you know with Mm -hmm. respect and love and look up to her um until recently I've been doing like a lot of inner work I'm like wow this person treated me like this and I have so much respect for them you know Mm -hmm. I mean don't get me wrong I love my parents but for the stuff that they put me through I don't need to like their personality or who they are Mm -hmm. right they gave birth to me, so I love them, but no thanks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's uh yeah, it's uh hard to I mean it's a weird thing because it is your parents and yeah. um you look up to them. Like you kinda have to. I, I guess yeah. I don't know. They're they're your first like, you know, if you had a question, they'd be the first people that you'd go to. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, like I didn't grow up with my parents, right? Yeah. So it was like my grandparents and my uncles and my aunts. Mm-hmm. Still to this day. I need a burp. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's the coffee. <laughs> telling you. Yeah, you're going to have to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> um, but as a child, when I first moved in with my mom, I was like, this is going to be so awesome. I'm going to have a little bit more freedom. Not that I didn't mm-hmm. have freedom. I just like had more ex- self-expression. Yeah. That's what I didn't have as a child growing up with my grandparents who were super religious. Okay. Um, I lacked a lot of self-expression. What did I really like? Even to this day, I'm still getting in touch with my creativity side. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a fucking shit show. <laughs> it was like one of the worst things that happened to, my li- to me in my life. Um. My mom used to drink like almost every night. She was also a closet drinker, which made things worse. And she would like... So that's like you wouldn't know. Yeah, you wouldn't know. And then one night I was like cleaning out the, the like the back room in the back of the pool. And I found like bottles of Hennessy. And Mm -hmm. I was like, damn, you chose Hennessy to be your out? (laughs) Like, that's expensive. (laughs) 
Um, but it was, it was like, I was up here and my life like just like went like this. When you found that stuff? No, oh, when just I like moved it, in with okay, her. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. For a solid four years, five years. Mm-hmm. It was just like so, it was so traumatic for me because she would blame me for like everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like to still to this day, I can't put an answer to that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, one qu- question is like back then, did you understand what like the like her drinking and stuff? Like, did it make sense to you? No, what was going? Yeah, okay. not at all. Like, I thought it was normal for people to get fucked up and shit face and do cocaine every day. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was the normal, you the norm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it started to become like like an unusual thing. My stepdad used to say like, you know, like this is not normal. Right. Like, um, mm-hmm. he would, like just, you like, would hear him. Would he say that to you or her? Her. Yeah, yeah. I could hear them arguing saying like, you know, like she would be like, come home in the middle of the night and be like, I need my car keys. I'm going to the casino. My mom's a heavy gambler. Okay. okay. So she's like everything on the bad list. <laughs> um, and I could overhear them yelling, you know, and it's, I don't know how to describe it. You know, when you're laying in your bed, when you're a child and you want to make things, you want to make sense, right? Mm -hmm. You want things to make sense, but your questions are left unanswered all the time and you're scared to ask those questions. Mm -hmm. You're scared to put them out in the world because you're afraid of being judged, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, no, I didn't know that that was going on. But after a couple of years, I started to realize like, holy shit, like this is, this is really not normal because I used to have sleepovers with my friends. At their house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And walking into a normal family was like anxiety provoking because I thought I was being so out. I was out of place. Mm-hmm. My Like there was no tension. So I actually didn't feel comfortable in a normal home. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I thought of it as a, a luxury that I didn't have. Mm-hmm. And I was so, so jealous for a long time. And I think that envy really stuck with me for a long time. Not envious of the people, just envious of their luxuries that they had. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I call it luxury when it's a normal thing you should have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then I started, like, realizing when I would wake up for school, like, there would, it would sm- my, my house would reek, like, cigars and cigarettes because she would have so many friends over and drinking until, like, 6 a.m. Or I'll get up and I'm getting ready for school, trying to have breakfast, and I have all these randos in my kitchen still drinking and partying and the music's like ACDC playing out so loud. And I didn't get a wink of sleep all night. And I was like, this is when I started realizing it's That's affecting crazy. my health. Like, I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. My stepdad used to do like business overseas in Cambodia. Mm-hmm. And my sister, ha- who's younger than me, had moved out of the house into my stepbrother's house. Okay. Because like, there's nobody home mm-hmm. ever to take care or do anything. Yeah. So, I was the only one at home and my parents would leave for like, well, my stepdad at the time would leave for like three months at a time. Oh, so he, yeah, it was a while. Yeah. And you know, like from a young age, I was taught to like take care after, look after myself and, Mm -hmm. you know, do everything. But my graduation year hit and I was like one of the most self realizations I've ever done because I was alone most of my year mm-hmm. and I had never felt so alone in my life. Um, I could like, you know, like I felt like all my, 
friends were like making really good connections with their parents, mm-hmm. you know, and like yeah, it's a big family time. It is. Yeah. It is really like obviously you saying that you probably like had a good graduation. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, like you were surrounded by family. I, I, I was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So for three years, I was basically woke up home alone most of the time on my birthday. Christmas was a rare occasion to have the family family together, so that was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but with all the tension going on, it was like I didn't actually want to be there. Mm-hmm. And then graduation hit, like I said, and it was like one of the hardest times of my life because I expected my I call him my stepdad, but he's not really my stepdad. Mm-hmm. He's my parent guardian. I'm just going to call him my stepdad <laughs> yeah. um, to be there because I looked up to him. My mm-hmm. biological dad and I, we aren't close at all, but we do communicate often. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like he knows who I really am, all the stuff that it's I'm going through. It's hard to catch up on that. Yeah, it's totally. And especially like when you just dump it on the table, it's like super hard for them to process. Mm -hmm. But my biological dad is also like a narcissist and he (laughs) like, oh, that's not happening to you type of guy. Okay. You know, like I've been through worse. Yeah. You should be able to handle that, Um, which I think is totally unfair Mm -hmm. (laughs) to other people. (laughs) Um, So I really wanted that person to be there for my graduation. For some reason, I still to this day, I don't know why I wanted him to be there. I guess it's because like I felt like I wanted to impress at least somebody. Mm -hmm. I've always had big dreams and high hopes for becoming something so amazing to help the world, Mm -hmm. change the world, whatever. Still to this day, I think that. (laughs) Um, And so when he wasn't when I found out that he wasn't going to be there, I was just like, holy fuck, like, who am I? Mm-hmm. You know, am I even worth it? Like, should I even graduate? Um, my grades started dropping and I, I was like, a, I was up there. I was an A student. I loved my AP classes and then my graduation year and it just went whoop, like, you holy. just let it go. Yeah. I don't know what happened to me. I was dealing with so much internally that I just couldn't process my reality. Mm-hmm. Even, like, doing normal stuff, like, showing up to class was so hard for me. And I never had anybody at home to not tell me to do that, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. it was up to me. Yeah. Um, How did you get around? Like, did you drive at that point, or you just took the bus? No, I, I live in Fort Langley, so I'm actually, like, there's no buses near me. Oh, okay. Where I live. It's up by Alder Acres. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And... I had a car after I turned 16, which mm-hmm. was another nightmare because everything that I had owned, my my biological dad would like um, pitch in for it because he never paid for our like, like child ch- benefits. Okay, yeah, yeah, my parents said the similar thing happened. And my stepdad was like, you should start pitching in since I'm taking care of your children kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, like every time I would not show up to hang out with my dad or I didn't want to be in the same place as him. At the time, I didn't realize there was so much negativity. That's the reason why I don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. He would threaten me and be like, I'm not paying for your car insurance or I'm not paying for your phone bill or, yeah. you know, like, and he would kind of be like, you know, you know, your life, you know, you know, everything, figure it out. Mm-hmm. Or even sometimes to this day where I'm like, I don't know how to do my taxes. Can you like show me? And he'd be like, you're, you're smart. Why don't you just figure it out? Sarcastic thing. And I just like, 
like still to this day really bugs me really yeah it's not very helpful or inviting or no not at all it just doesn't make me want to approach you at all Mm -hmm. and it was to the point where like i would get a phone call from this person and i'm like fuck everything this guy has to say is like negative wouldn't answer the call wouldn't answer the text finally like at some point i was like okay some point i'm gonna have to answer this person it would blow up into a huge thing Mm -hmm. why didn't you answer me why didn't you text me back you know like I didn't have any personal boundaries. Nobody mm-hmm. would respect them. And I couldn't be like, I'm scared of talking to you. I'm scared of being judged. I'm scared of you telling me that like, I feel like sad about something that you would like shit on me for it. Mm-hmm. And I remember I crashed my mom's car <laughs> when I was 16. <laughs> I, I, this is L- when I like first had my car. L. No, no, no. <laughs> with my N when I first got my car. Oh, okay, okay. And um, when I first got my N, I was like, I don't have a car. And my mom had like left at this point and she used to drive like a Lexus. It mm-hmm. was um, a huge SUV. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> it was huge. I don't <laughs> even know how I drove that thing. Um, <laughs> I got my dad to insure the car and I was like, yeah, I'll just drive this cause it's better than buying a new car. So mm-hmm. I legally signed her name and signed her papers mm-hmm. and I was on the highway and this was the day that, I was driving the car to my mom when she had found out that I had signed her name underneath that illig- illegal mm-hmm. to sign it over into my name as yeah. a gift. Because <laughs> um, that's what like some car insurance places do, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was driving it to her. And I'm a big spiritual person. So like I she, believe in, she knew? Yeah. So she's like, I want my car. And she flew back in from Cambodia. Just uh, because of that. Yeah. And she's like, I want my car back. She's a very territorial person. Terry- yeah. Territorial. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) I have a hard time pronouncing things, especially when I stutter. So, and at that time, I was like a very angry person too. So I I remember having like eggs in my car because I was gonna egg her when I saw her. What? (laughs) I don't know. You're gonna throw eggs (laughs) at your mom? Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I can't believe she's making me give her car back. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I just put my name in this car. I'm gonna egg her. (laughs) And I was like, I want to make it go viral. Like, you're going to video it? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Girl like, eggs mom <laughs> when she wants her car back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what was going through my head at the time. And I actually had took a left on Highway 15, mm-hmm. and it ran into a pillar. <laughs> like you just weren't paying attention. I tell people that there's... Oh I tell people that there's a guy in front of me who was like driving way too fast, and he braked, so I had to dodge him. Mm-hmm. But the reality of the story was like, I actually, the turn was so tight that I didn't realize it was tight. I actually ran into a pillar instead of turning like fully. You were just going too fast. Yeah, I was going like 60 or 70. Mm-hmm. And the turn, you're supposed to do like 40 or 30, you yeah, know? Yeah. Especially if it was a tight turn. And I hit that light pole down. <laughs> and my car was fine. I was fine. Yeah, my yeah. car had a huge front end. So it took all the compact, the impact. compact, yeah, yeah, impact yeah. and the damage. And I pulled over and I was going through so much anxiety. I was like, mm. holy fuck. I'm like, holy fuck, I'm gonna, this is it. My parents are gonna like dig me a grave. That's it. And when I said dig me a grave, like, um, physical discipline was a real thing as a child. Um, Still to this day, like, I I get anxiety about it, Mm -hmm. even though there's like no way that somebody would use physical discipline on me ever again. No. Um, And I'm really against it for parents who do use physical discipline. so when I said, like, you're going to dig me a grave, I was, like, sure of it. Mm-hmm. That 
this time they're going to beat me to a pulp and dig me a grave Mm -hmm. (laughs) and make some excuse up that I died. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's like me making sense of it Mm -hmm. and thinking about it now, I was like, holy shit, was I going through some shit for like, is that really what I was thinking? Mm -hmm. Is that I was, I made it seem so real for myself. I was like in a, such a bad place. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, after I gave her the car, I don't really know what I was trying to say. <laughs> oh, so you you did go and give her the car? <laughs> it was fucked up. Yeah. And the and they had my mom was like, I don't want the car, and I was like, Yeah, well, we're gonna, you know, like um, t- write it off, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, she's like, If you don't write off the car and give me the check for it, I'm gonna take you to court. <laughs> and she, I was like, Are you? kidding me like I just crashed your car and now you want me to give you the check that I desperately need yeah yeah you know and um I didn't have any money at the time and Mm -hmm. I was super broke um so my dad was like to avoid conflict maybe you should just give her the check and move on right Mm -hmm. and so I just gave her the check yeah I don't know where the story was going what was I talking about before um I just talk and talk and talk Oh, I don't even remember. Yeah. <laughs> you Wait. just go. Um, I think. We were oh, it's because you were living on, on your own in yeah. grad year. And, and then, then I asked, I asked how, the, how you were getting around if you were the only one home. And then after that car incident, my uncles who own mechanic shop, mm-hmm. um, they were like, you should just get you a car. So you avoid any, you know, <laughs> yeah. illegal, like legal stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah. We'll just get you your own car. So I had this like cute little Honda. I mm-hmm. loved it. <laughs> it's like 2008 Honda Civic. It was the best car I've ever had. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. And that's how I got around. Mm-hmm. And I remember like dating someone at this time of my graduation and his family was so supportive, mm-hmm. was supportive in ways that I'm sure that then they didn't even know that they were being supportive. You know, mm-hmm. like I felt like I had somebody to look up to and I'm forever thankful to this day to meet those people because they like inspired me and changed me in a certain way. Um, but every time I would go over to their house, it was like, I'm going over to a normal family, mm-hmm. you know? And every time I would be in that case, like I said, I would feel anxious and like, because I'm not normal. Like <laughs> what I had, I was like, yeah. I'm, you know, like it felt super awkward being that type, but a part of me was like, I really like being here. I feel mm-hmm. so at home here. So that was really nice. Um, so like yeah. you were pretty open with them or did they like, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they, they're great people. Um, I'm, I was always open with them. I'm still am to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's nice when like you can kind of be in with another family. Yeah. You need it. Yeah. Well, some, sometimes people are just closed off. Right. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, it's like, they're not approachable, but these people were like, I believe that there's a reason that everything happens, you mm-hmm. know? I walked into their lives and they walked into mine at the right time to teach me something. And mm-hmm. they really left me with a big impression. Yeah, yeah. That, that's awesome. I mean, I, I think the same thing. Like for sure, everything just happens for mm-hmm. a reason and mm-hmm. I must. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then like after grad, like grad was really tough. Uh, your yeah. stepdad didn't make it to, no. to the grad. And then like what happened after graduation? Like at that point, you would have really had freedom to do whatever the hell you wanted. Yeah. And was that good for you or bad? It was good and bad. I feel like every part of my life is like good and bad, you (laughs) know? Like there's never a time where I felt like really great. No, I mean, Um, 
I think it's just, I think that's also something that's like essentially implied. Yeah. That like, I don't know. I think everybody thinks life is just this straight up. Yeah. This like positive correlation that like, I, I don't think it is. I mean, no. maybe for some people, but I doubt it. Like there's always ups and downs. It's just getting used to that. I think makes mm-hmm. you a stronger person. Well, like to have the good, you also need to mm-hmm. see the bad, right? For Please sure. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at that time, I would say that I had freedom on my hands, but like growing up, like my, the way my parents would spend time with me is by like giving me something or buying me something or mm-hmm. giving money. So for my graduation, like my stepdad had texted me like, like happy graduation. Is that what they say? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't even know. I don't remember. Or just congrats. I, I don't even know. Congrats for graduating yeah. or something. And, um, um, He's like, oh, look underneath the pillow in my bed. And there was like $2,000 in a car. And I was like, sweet. Guess I'm getting fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) For for a while. For a while. (laughs) But then I was like, oh, actually, you know what? There are other things that I want to do. I want to go camping. I want to do all these things. Mm -hmm. Instagram was getting big at this time. Yeah. You know, like everybody vacationing or really going outdoors. It was all about the outdoors. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. So I saved that money for that. Mm -hmm. And, um... I had a good summer. I had a really good summer, but I wasn't in tune with myself at all. I mm-hmm. was doing things I didn't want to do. Yeah. Putting myself in situations where I was totally not comfortable. And mind you, the fact, like, I grew up with a lot of people who were afraid to say how they felt or confronting their feelings or their inner self-complex, right? Mm-hmm. And I, like, I'm still to this day, <laughs> I'm the only person who will, like, say out loud how I, fe- how I feel, how they make me feel in mm-hmm. my family. And not just, like, put it aside. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been a tough ride because ever since my mom left, I would make excuses for her. Yeah, well, it's her childhood, you know? Like, she's the way she is because she had a fucked up childhood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, she has so many opportunities to do better and to grow and to change her lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when... I genuinely think when someone's really fucked up in their head and has just been through so much, mm-hmm. sometimes they can't make it out, you know? Um, it's not my negativity saying, oh, you're not going to make it out. You're mm-hmm. just going to be stuck in that cycle again and again. Sometimes they just don't have the power to, the willpower. And I see that in my mom a lot. She's the only example that I use for that. Mm-hmm. For everybody else, I always root for them to be their best self, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But she's the only case in my life that hasn't made out a positive. That you know. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think it's really, um, I don't know, like, well, just because most of the people I know are, are young. But, I mean, when you get to that age and you've been through so much for, like, 40 years, that's a lot to turn around and try and catch Change. up on. Um, yeah. I think, I mean, I don't know. You get to that point and what can you do? I, I mean, it would be really hard. Yeah, because you're so used to Mm -hmm. doing the things you do, being the way you are for so many years, that Mm -hmm. changing is an actual hard thing to do. It's Mm -hmm. so exhausting, changing your habits, changing who you are, right? Mm -hmm. But I think the only reason why people don't do such a good job at changing is because they don't know how they're going to feel at the other end, Mm -hmm. how good they're going to feel, you know, like... Yeah, you don't really have that to compare to. That's the thing. Like, you've never felt that way, so they don't 
know what's possible, I think. Exactly. Which makes it hard. Exactly. Which, which brings me back to, like, your analogy of saying, like, oh, like, it's almost like I really like that burn when I'm running. Mm-hmm. You don't know you're going to have that until you are yeah. there, right? <laughs> yeah. So for every bad place that I've been at my life, I think now when I look back to it and for my further um, obstacles in the road, I think I don't know what I'm going to feel like at the end of the road. Mm-hmm. Let's just go through this. Mm-hmm. Let's process what I'm feeling. And maybe I'll feel like a million dollars at the end of the road. Who knows, right? So let's just do it. Yeah. Um, that's what I tell myself when I feel discouraged or when I feel like I'm a not in a safe split space <laughs> <laughs> or I'm going through some shit that I don't want to go through. And it's it's just being real with myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not giving myself an excuse no. to feel like, to give myself an excuse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just deal with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, uh, so so now you're working your way through all this kind of stuff. Yeah, because for so many years, I've been suppressing all my emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know who I am. Like, like I said, I started my blog mm-hmm. recently, and I'm becoming more real on my social medias that I'm using. Mm-hmm. I just recently switched my mind. I was like, you know, I'm going to be who I want to be. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the real me. And nobody's going to stop that. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm not going to have a filter-ish, you know? <laughs> Ish. Yeah, because I don't want to be rude. Yeah. I still want to have manners. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I want to be respectful. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting to where I am, I have to say, is how to incorporate a lot of work, mm-hmm. a lot of self-work a lot of personal boundary settings, Mm -hmm. a lot of knowing what my inner value is, like what's my value that Mm -hmm. I have value, you know? Mm -hmm. Because all my life I just felt like, like nothing. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I mattered to a lot of people. I didn't feel like I was like a great significance to a lot of people. And I looked up to the wrong people for Mm -hmm. a lot of my childhood. You know, people who weren't there for me, people who essentially failed to, you know, like guide me in the right way. Mm -hmm. I remember as a child, like I would look up to my mom. My mom was a smoker. Maybe she still is. And she would like do this Mm -hmm. quite often. That's what you do when you smoke, right? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't smoke sticks. Um, And I'm not going to say a name, not going to say names, but this person saw me do that when I was a child. And, like you copied the motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. I just thought since mom's doing it, I want to do it. You mm-hmm. know, like monkey see, monkey You do. just copy the mannerism. Yeah, and this person like beat me to a pulp. Like beat me so bad. Like he broke my nose. He or she broke my nose. <laughs> <laughs> um, And I remember this person telling me like, sit in this room and don't come out until I tell you to. Mm-hmm. And this person had left for like five or six hours. And then someone else in my family had like came in and saw me like sitting there with a broken nose. And out of so much fear, no matter how much pain I was in, I was like, I'm not going to move like, mm-hmm. or else this is going to happen to me again. Yeah, yeah. You know? So I just sat there. I sat there like, I remember sniffling because I couldn't breathe properly. So I was trying to breathe out of my nose. Mm-hmm. I mean, my mouth. I didn't know why I couldn't breathe out, breathe mm-hmm. out of my nose. 
but I had broke my nose. I mean, I didn't break my nose. Had it broken. Yeah, I had it broken. Um, This person had like thrown, it was either like a briefcase or a shoe. I've been doing like therapy work to like remember stuff Mm -hmm. that's happened to me. I'm not at that part yet. Like, I don't know if it was a briefcase or a shoe. Mm -hmm. I think it it was either one of those. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember being so much fear all the time of like doing the wrong thing. Am I going to do the wrong thing? Am I going to upset somebody? Like, you know, like I think being in pain is like one of the worst things ever. And so sitting there for that many hours in a state of fear that is going to happen to me again, I was like, not a chance. Like Mm -hmm. I'm sitting here. There's not a chance I'm going to leave this room or move from where I'm going to. Mm -hmm. And I think about it like that right that right now is like, holy shit. Like I would never do that to anybody. No. I would never do that to any child, say or less, you know? I must have been in so much fear mm-hmm. because whoever found me sitting like that was like, you must have been sitting there for a long time because your blood had dried up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It had, like, it was all over my white shirt. I was wearing a white shirt. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where, like, I started suppressing my self-expression mm-hmm. because I thought what I had done was wrong. And I remember once, like, wearing this cute blue skirt and um, a nice top. And I believe, like, my grandparents were religious, so, like, being conservative was, like, <laughs> yeah. another thing. Yeah. Um, And this dress, like, this skirt wasn't short at all. It had, like, touched my knees as a child. And I was, like, nine years old, maybe. Yeah. Nine or ten. And my family was going to movies, and somebody in my family said, like, you, like, had, like, basically put me down was like you can't wear that why do you think you you can wear that mm-hmm. you know like was talking to me like in that matter and I in front of everybody so I was like oh my god like my anxiety like mm-hmm. this is where I was starting to have anxiety but I didn't know what the fuck was going on with me <laughs> I was like my heart was beating I yeah. was scared I I couldn't and when as a kid a lot of people would be like answer me answer me I didn't I couldn't I physically couldn't answer them because I was I didn't I couldn't speak. Yeah. You know, I couldn't breathe, so I couldn't speak. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I didn't have anything to say, even though there was, like, thoughts running through my mind. So, say this, say this. Mm-hmm. And I would actually self-inflict harm on myself. But I'm like, after the situation, I'd be like, like, are you stupid? Like, why didn't you just say this? And I would, like, hit myself. Yeah. Like, like again and again. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, hitting myself in the chest so hard because, like, I couldn't breathe. And I was like, oh, you're so stupid. Just say this. Just say it out loud. Why can't you just speak? Open your mouth. And I went to the doctor and I had bruised my sternum. Um, and I don't know if about sternum. You can actually break, break the sternum if you rub yeah, a little too hard. Yeah, that's the like, little spot there. Yeah, right yeah. between your um, rib cage. Yeah. And it protects your heart, right? Mm-hmm. And the doctor like said that, oh, like you bruised your sternum. Like you can't actually do any physical activity for about a week. And my my grandparents were like, what the fuck? Like, how could you bruise that part of your body? Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't know how to explain it to them. So yeah. I just didn't. So, yeah, growing up like that made me feel like my self-expression was suppressed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like, you know, like, the, essentially me choosing to do that and me choosing to wear, like, those clothes was a part of my self-expression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so being, like, set, told, like, no, don't do that. And then, like, taught what's 
physical discipline just taught me like don't beat yourself you know Mm -hmm. like just don't beat yourself and you'll be okay yeah so I would look around for like what do I do in this scenario like I would look around for an example you know yeah try and like copy or find what someone else is doing to do Mm -hmm. the same thing Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so with the blog now the idea is to get back is that that'll be like as a platform for you to self-express yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I self-express through self-care and self-love. Mm-hmm. That's the essential of my blog. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, like self-care by taking care of myself holistically, that's a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and being self-compassionate, you know, finding the best self-care for myself through um, what I do, what I choose to do, mm-hmm. things that I'm learning to do, whether that's reading a book, going to yoga, or mm-hmm. riding my bike, or choosing to start a blog. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, there must be somebody out there who can resonate with me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, if I want to do this for fun, and this is me self-expressing, maybe that'll be someone someone out there who could be like, shit, Mm -hmm. (laughs) she feels the same way. Or she was going through something similar. I just want... There'll be lots of people like that. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. For a long time, I was like, fuck, I'm, I'm... alone in this world there's mm-hmm. nobody out there who's gonna give me a leeway you know mm-hmm. and being in that state of mind was quite scary because i remember this is what my dep- like i was going through depression in mm-hmm. high school too so all of that just kind of c- accumulated yeah yeah until recently i'm just like i'm not <laughs> normal and i'm going through some shit and my anxiety had affected me recently like a couple of years back mm-hmm. that it like affected affected my lifestyle mm-hmm I couldn't go to work. I couldn't go to school. I actually had to lock myself in my bedroom away from everybody because I was my anxiety and my panics were like so out of this world. I didn't know how to cope with it. Mm -hmm. And then um, about two years ago, I had put two and two together and I was like, maybe I'm experiencing anxiety. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, yeah, I am. So I was diagnosed, right? Did you go to the doctor or something? Yeah. Well, I thought I had depression. I went to the doctors and he gave me just like, sheet and yeah, it you was fill like, out like a sheet right mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah i remember that i've done it once but course. it was like if you score this number out of this you're depressed and i'm like is that easy <laughs> like, that's how you know <laughs> that's how you know i was like wow i could be a doctor too yeah you know? <laughs> yeah um and i remember just breaking down because mm-hmm. i was so stressed out with everything going on um, with my mom being gone and then graduation happening and then me feeling alone or just like had so much trauma inside of me. I actually didn't fucking know what was going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, I'm depressed for sure. I'm depressed. And so he was like, oh, you need some counseling. Um, and that's about it. You'll be okay after. Mm-hmm. That's what he told me word for word. You need some counseling. You'll be okay after. And I was like, great. Does my insurance cover this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so... I'll do counseling and I'll be cured of my depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. whatever I'm going through. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are going through that right now. Mm-hmm. You know, having the knowledge that I have now about mental health and just health in general, there's so many different resources that are out there that we don't have access to. Mm-hmm. Or we just, we don't have the knowledge to know it. Yeah, we they're just not commonly talked mm-hmm. about. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, just recently I was actually diagnosed with PTSD. Okay. So, which explains like my shitty sleep. Mm -hmm. I would, I mean, I sleep for a long time, but 
um, I would have these vivid reoccurring dreams. They're almost like dreams and nightmares, mm-hmm. but they're recurring, reoccurring in different shape or form every mm-hmm. time. But they had the same pattern. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to take some magnesium and I'll feel better when I sleep. I slept for longer and my dreams were even worse. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit, I'm not taking magnesium ever again. Yeah. And the thing about my dreams is like when I dream, I wake up feeling like I did in my dream. So it's mm-hmm. like feeling like, oh, somebody's going to kill me. Or I feel like upset or sad or like <clears throat> super depressed. And it just carries on throughout my day. Like imagine waking up with so much fear and anxiety. You just like live like that. So you hold on to that feeling for the yeah, day. It's okay. super, super weird. And I used to meditate and pray, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, please let my anxiety go. Mm-hmm. Let this feeling of, I don't know why I'm feeling it go because mm-hmm. it's sticking on to me and it's weighing me down and it's making me feel gloomy for no fucking reason. Mm-hmm. But then I realized, holy shit, like I could, I could be like, I could have a disorder or something. And mm-hmm. so I went in and got checked and asked and like, I need to check this, this and this. And sure as hell, you know, it. like <laughs> I have PTSD and I was like, hmm, that makes sense. Yeah. So who did you go to for that doctor again? Yeah, I went to a GP mm-hmm. and then he re- he referred me to a specialist. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think they can diagnose you for it, but they're not very accurate. I asked like a, to see like a specialist. A, oh, you asked to. Yeah. 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 Okay. Who can diagnose me for that? Yeah. <clears throat> so have you been working with one or have you seen um, one? Yes, I've seen a specialist, but now I'm actually seeing a counselor in therapy. For PTSD. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, it's been a little while. Okay. Mm-hmm. And do you like it? Like is yes it? and no. <laughs> <laughs> I I like I like figuring out why mm-hmm. things have been happening to me. Why am I feeling this way? And why is it that like I have unanswered questions, right? Yeah. But um now that you're doing that, I'm gonna do that too. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> oh, stiff. <laughs> um no, because it's actually so exhausting. It's so exhausting to work through your emotions. Mm-hmm. You have so much going on in your daily, li- daily life, and you're like, fuck, now I have to deal with this, mm-hmm. you know? It is a lot. It is, but I'm grateful in a way. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful in a way that I, I, can, I can be here right now mm-hmm. instead of 20 years down the road and being super fucked up. Oh, yeah. You know? It'll be fully worth it. Yeah, it is so worth it doing the hard work right now. Mm-hmm. And... This will build me for who I am, mm-hmm. like I said, 20 years later, right? Yeah. I'm already, I, I'm already really resilient mm-hmm. and have a lot of faith. Imagine 20 years from now when I've gone through whatever Yeah. happens no, to me next. Yeah, it'll just get, I mean, yeah, you'll just be even better. Mm-hmm. I mean, even now, like, you're still young. I mean, f- most people don't even start on their journey till like, I don't know. I still know plenty of people who are starting now and they're almost 30. Yeah. So you're well, like, in a really good start. I'm in a good start and I'm grateful for the start that I'm in because mental health started to become a thing in my generation. Mm-hmm. Right. So as it was being brought up, I was going through it at that time. So like I said, like everything happens for a reason. There mm-hmm. could have been a reason why I was going through it at such a young age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it saved me 20 years down the road. That's one thing. We were talking about it the other day. Um, 
that wasn't really common like four or five years ago. Not at all. To talk about it. I mean, there was posts here and there over social and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but there were more movements, you know? Yeah. Like movements like, oh, don't make fun of someone who deals with anxiety or don't make fun of someone. But now it's really, you're in the works of it scientifically, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you, there's a lot of information like going around. <laughs> and I mean, I don't know if it's just because my Instagram, like my social feeds are curated more to that now. Yeah, Because people same. that I follow or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just feel like before I'd never seen that kind of stuff because I felt really weird like the first time I ever posted about it which was probably four or five years ago mm-hmm. and no one was really doing it so I was like man like I don't know if I want to say this stuff like yeah. whatever but now I just feel like there's so many people posting about it yeah. that it's like comforting for all the others which is nice no you're right it is comforting for the others when I um this is like me saying like oh when I met you like three years ago that mm-hmm. must have been like a sign because now for all the work that you do and all everything that you're doing is like sort of like in the same area Mm -hmm. right yeah i was like holy shit like there's a reason why i (laughs) met you at the right time yeah yeah right so everything does happen for a reason Mm -hmm. sometimes (laughs) sometimes everything sometimes yeah Yeah. um and I guess like now, how are you, how are you feeling with, with everything now? And like, what are you continuing forwards? Um, well, I guess for practitioners and like stuff that you're doing, what other practices do you do or people that you see aside from counseling? Is like the other stuff more like personal things you just try that are more like yoga meditation type stuff? Yes. Or do you go to other practitioners? Well, too? I've been thinking about going to a life coach. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, I'm still deciding on it. Mm-hmm putting the pros and cons down, but my personal practice is my meditating. Mm -hmm. So it's either like if I'm doing yoga or getting engaged with like my like physical activity is another way that I do it. Mm -hmm. And also processing what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. Um, That's another big thing, like going to see a counselor and doing therapy or going to see a therapist Mm -hmm. is different than actual actually doing the work right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. processing everything that you've just let out yeah that's the hard part (laughs) (laughs) i like to put that at the end of my laundry basket and not look at it (laughs) you know yeah um and here i am supposed to like be journaling writing how i feel Mm -hmm. every time i write how i feel i end up in a sobbing mess Mm -hmm. like i could cry for like six hours And I don't know where this water, like all these tears are coming from, Mm -hmm. but everything that I'm writing down, like had just like lifted off of me, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It was kind of, um, relieving to let it go. I put it out into the world. Like you said, like emotions are energy in motion Mm -hmm. and now I'm processing it. I can let it go. Yeah. I can be free of it. So that's, that goes along with me spiritually, Mm -hmm. right? Some people might not agree with me. Mm -hmm. Um, They might be like, oh, you know, journaling is an ineffective way. Maybe you should try something else, something else. (laughs) But for me, that works. I think journaling is really good. I mean, I I find it helps with a lot of things and like it just pulls, I like how it just pulls the stuff out of you. It's like once you write it down, you just keep going and and you don't have to worry about Mm -hmm. it anymore. You write all the stuff and then it's like, okay, like whatever now it's on the paper if i ever need that again you can go back to it but you don't have to um it's like writing your to-do list yeah you know you don't have to keep it up here because it's right here in front of you it just it i think it relieves a lot i mean i journal every single night Mm -hmm. and i've done that for quite a while like i would say almost a year now Mm -hmm. um 
and I found it super helpful. Like at first it was more like thought, like trauma, anxiety based. And now it's more, um, what's going through your mind. Yeah. It's just kind of like now I use it more for like overthinking if I can write about my day or even, I mean, it's definitely both things that bother me still now I'm feeling, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just like getting to let that out and put on the paper, then the next day is just a new day. Yeah. yeah, you're giving yourself a chance to relieve yourself of like pressures and like I said, anxiety sitting on your shoulder. Right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that comes with creating a safe space for yourself, mm-hmm. right? For a long time, I was like, oh, if I'm in my room, I'll journal, I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But it's actually creating that space for you to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. right? Like in, in my blog... Um, in one of my, I think it's like one of my posts to be, it was like, <laughs> to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say this so I can hold myself accountable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Um, it's like when I'm talking to somebody or if I am engaging in a conversation with somebody who's talking about something personal, I'm holding that space for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm la- I'm allowing you to, um, be you to be vulnerable and to talk about what's like on your shoulder, what's weighing you down. And that's like, I'm not taking what you're saying and putting it into me. I'm not making it a personal thing. I'm just holding that space for you so Mm -hmm. you can feel comfortable. That's the same thing as holding space for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, you can allow yourself to have that time to really break down, to do the dirty work. Mm -hmm. Right. And it can be exhausting. And that's why I said, like, I have to really lock myself in room and lock down for six hours in a day when I'm doing this <laughs> yeah. process emotion shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you get the work done and you feel like at peace, mm-hmm. you know, you feel like you're not fighting a war inside. And surely like living, imagine like living every day that you're fighting something inside of you and you don't even know what it's what it is Mm -hmm. you become so exhausted of doing it again and again and again and you wake up with this right and you go to bed with it Mm -hmm. not having that is just like you feel like superwoman (laughs) you feel (laughs) like you can take over the world you can do anything that's what it feels like Mm -hmm. yeah doing the dirty work and breaking down all that nasty shit that happened with you and letting it out into the world and just letting Mm -hmm. it go. Mm -hmm. You can't let it go if you don't process it, you know? No. That's just anger and resentment being built up inside of you. You could be like, I let it go. Yeah. Whatever. But you didn't. (laughs) But you didn't. Yeah. Because you're going to be resentful and you, and you can tell when someone's resentful, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Or when something in their past is affecting them. They're just not at peace with themselves. No. Yeah. That's uh. (laughs) <laughs> Superwoman, I like that. <laughs> I like to think that I am superwoman sometimes. <laughs> you know, you have to You're be self. <laughs> I'm on the way. Yeah, what? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say being self-compassionate is another big thing. Mm-hmm. We're so hard on ourselves nowadays. And I feel like for millennials, we don't want to work. We don't want to work hard for what we want, you know? No. No, that's exactly right. We don't want to have the nine to five regular mm-hmm stuff we don't want to drive a car all the way to downtown and work in an office and come back at 6 p.m and have dinner and do it again Mm -hmm. we don't want that lifestyle right so um we're so hard on ourselves for being entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. or having an unrealistic goal right that we that we tend to not enjoy the moment or be present Mm -hmm. so we just 
we discourage ourselves for not doing enough in a day that'll when that step will not even make you one percent closer to where you want to go mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah so I feel like being self-compassionate and giving yourself the time that you need when you need it mm-hmm. is very important that's what I mean like by holding space mm-hmm. having those boundaries and being self-aware about what you need right taking yeah. care of yourself I think that's one of the hardest things to do mm-hmm. to realize like to mm-hmm. be able to know when you need that yeah and to act on it um and at the end of the day, it helps even more. Like for me, yeah. I, I notice so much if I'm overworking or I'm getting stressed out. Um, you become self-aware of your body. Yeah. Not only your mind space is your physical abilities. Mm-hmm. What's your capabilities? What's your maximum, right? Yeah. I feel like people are so self incompassionate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're not compassionate at all to themselves. So they're not with other people, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, that's when it becomes a problem because people won't respect your boundaries mm-hmm. when you need them to be respected because they can't respect their own. Yeah. You know, like recently I had um, somebody who was like, not going to say names, but <laughs> I had conflicts with this person. I realized just let it go mm-hmm. and process it for what it is. And that person is just not in the time and place to do that self work. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm going to let them be. I'm going to do my work and I'm going to let that go. And mm-hmm. whenever that comes around, I'm just going to say, Hey, this is my door. Please respect it. Don't step in. Mm-hmm. That's just me respecting my boundaries. Yeah. And this person freaked out was like, what? Why are you not letting me in? Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, because I need to do the self work, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, this person was like hating me that I was doing the self work was mm-hmm. actually like sending me hate messages for mm-hmm. wanting to do the self work. But I'm in a time and place where I need this, you know, mm-hmm. I need this to grow. I need to leave my past behind me and you being the way you are is not helping me. Mm-hmm. Right. So people are not self-compassionate at all. They no. don't want others to be too sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think uh, it's kind of a weird, it's just an uncommon thing. I don't think people really know um they just don't understand what it is or what you're doing or they think you're just being mean about it or I don't know. They definitely, well, I feel a lot with our generation, people tend to be like taking things too personal. Yeah. (laughs) Way too personal. Um, They'll just be like, no, I don't want to. What? Do you hate me? Do you not want to because you don't like me? Mm -hmm. No, I just, you know, I don't feel like going out today. I want to sit in and read my book. Mm -hmm. Okay. They'll be like super closed off and be like, is there something wrong with me? Did I do something wrong? Did I say something wrong? Just chill out. Yeah. Just yeah. Chill out. I, <laughs> I used to like get that all the time. Like, nah, like I just don't want to go. Yeah. And, I mean, it takes a lot to be able to say that too. It does. Um, I think that's a really, people have a really hard time with that. Um, mm-hmm. Being able to just say no if they don't want to do something. Mm-hmm. And I found, uh, yeah, like people get, or if you, or similar situation, just not replying to people's messages or texts. Like, <clears throat> I reply to people when it's best for me. Like yeah, if exactly. I, I mean, and it's you know that is a little bit selfish, but well, I have you, a. <laughs> you don't owe anybody that no. reply or that text. This is just a machine that you carry, mm-hmm. right? It is not a part of you. 
No. You know what I mean? You have no obligation to pick up your phone and be like, I'm going to text this person back. I'm going to give them a call back. It's just the way our society is accustomed to mm-hmm. that. If I give this person a call, they are required to answer it right then and there. Mm-hmm. Or if I text them, asking them the question, they're required to answer it then and there. Mm-hmm. But you have no obligation to that piece of metal that you call a phone. No, no, <laughs> not at all. And like people are like, Yes, they get so defensive about it. And I'm like, do you realize how crazy you sound? Or am I the one who sounds crazy? Because the rest of the world seems to think that I'm the one who's crazy (laughs) for not wanting to answer my texts or not wanting to be on this mechanism we call a phone. I know. And it's like, and it's funny too, because like, I mean, I feel like I have good phone, like even just phone ethics, like whatever you call it, whatever you would call it, where like, um, especially with, like having business and stuff like that, people are always trying to contact. Yeah. And people will call me for like parts or wanting to talk about like work at at like 8 p.m. on a Sunday. Yeah. And, and you're I'm like, like what? man, it's Sunday night. And like, downtime. Yeah. And it's like, this is just my time. Like if people give me a number to call for like whatever it is, you know, they link me up with someone I need to call, like whatever it is. I will never call on like a weekend night no, or a day night. No, never. Because you're considering, okay, it's Sunday night. Yeah. Maybe they're spending family time mm-hmm. or maybe they're just having a bath, getting ready for <laughs> yeah. Monday morning, which is going to be fucking hectic for them. Because yeah. for most people, we assume that it is, mm-hmm. right? Wow. And they call like, f- and I people always just blast like first thing in the morning. It's like 8 a.m. My phone just starts blowing up. Mm. And that's like when I'm doing other shit. Like I will get back to people usually like, Mm, I don't know, just before lunch or after lunch is mm-hmm. when I'll start like actually catching up on phone messages. Mm-hmm. Um, but people are like, oh, well, like I called this morning. I called this morning. And they'll call like five times. I'm like, man, it's like nothing's going to change in the last four hours. No. Like, it's all good. Like you need to breathe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or people will call so many times and they'll be like, oh, well, yeah, like I called. And I'm like, I mean, I usually do lie. I'm like, I'm just was in a meeting. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, Oh, sorry, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, because you don't want to offend them. Yeah, like, no, I was like, busy doing shit. Like, sorry, I wasn't looking at my phone for the past four hours straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like, n- t- to be realistic, waking up to that is not exactly beneficial. No, too. not at all. You know, <laughs> you wake up and the first thing you have is, when are you going to do this? Mm-hmm. At 8 a.m. Well, I just got so close. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're like, fuck. Like, I wish I was back in yesterday. Mm-hmm. People are just, you know, I, it's just having that accessibility has made life very mm-hmm. hard for me, at least. Yeah. It's almost like I want to throw my piece of phone away, but um, you kind of build a custom to having that accessibility. You mm-hmm. know, you can call when you want, you can text when you want, you can go on social media whenever, but mm-hmm. there are no um, limitations on whatsoever, like no. texting or phone calling and expecting or expectations yeah. towards it. So. It I, has uh, made life very difficult at times. <laughs> yeah. Now you're reachable 24 mm-hmm. seven, right? Well, I recently, I set up my do not disturb Same. so that it's from 8 PM until 9 AM. Okay. That's so pretty like, good. I, Cause I try and go to bed. I try and be asleep by 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so I need like a two hour cool down time from electronics, like no mm-hmm. uh, laptop or anything. I just, that's when I'll do whatever I want to do besides being on my phone. I noticed my sleep is like way better. I can fall asleep. Um, and my like quality of sleep is a lot higher. Mm-hmm. And then what I usually get up at five. So from five to nine, 
is no phones. So like the first four hours of my day are literally no phone. phoneless. I just yeah. work on whatever it is that I want to do with no distractions. So it's nice to have that time. Like you get so much more done yeah. in those four hours. You just get your shit done, then whatever. Get back to some messages later. But I think it's amazing that you do that. Mm-hmm. I recently, actually for the past year, I've had my do not disturb on between like 7 p.m. and 7 a.m. Okay. I I want to make it 9 a.m., <laughs> but I'm thinking like how many losses I'm going to lose? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. It's crazy That's how thing. you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to make it two more hours, but it's like. Actually, not? <laughs> nothing. It'll do the opposite. You'll be benefiting your life, mm-hmm. being more present in the morning, you know, yeah. having that time, not just waking up and checking whatever social media or the news, mm-hmm. which can be a very negative place to start your day off. You know, yeah. your mind space is very important because that's what you're going to be in 24 seven. I think it just puts other thoughts like in your mind too, where mm-hmm. like I wake up and there's things I want to do because I actually want to do those things. Mm-hmm. Like that's what matters to me. But if I look at social or something like that, I'll see like someone else is doing something or whatever will happen. And then that those thoughts are like, just get pushed into my head. And all yeah. of a sudden I'm like, Oh, maybe I should like do something else. And it changes. Like it just, cha- it, it just gets puts you off in your focus, yeah. you know, like of what your train of thought was mm-hmm. and what you wanted to do. And that's like the expectation part, right? Mm-hmm. You keep adding things to your to-do list, but you're not crossing anything off. No. <laughs> so it makes it, even harder for you to accomplish something. So when making one goal and completing that one goal, which like would have taken you less time to do mm-hmm. if you had, didn't have other things on your mind would have been nice. But now you don't even appreciate that you completed that one goal. Cause what you have 24 other things to do on your to-do list. Mm-hmm. Right. So not being present then it's like, wow, you're missing a lot. You're missing on a lot in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it starts to add up fast. Mm-hmm. Well, I, well, that's why I get super excited. I just like learn to be present that now that I am, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm in pure and I'm like, I finished one task. Good job. You know, like <laughs> yeah. that was not fun, but I'm glad I did it. Now yeah. I'll be on to the next. I just like living momentarily mm-hmm. in the moment is much more beneficial for you. Oh yeah. It's actually... Sure. Um, scientifically proven like it's good for your brain mm-hmm. yeah it's just really hard to do mm-hmm. <laughs> it is really hard to do yeah because we're in that nine to five doer list right mm-hmm. let's try to see how much we can get done in one day yeah 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 everyone's always kind of thinking of like the end goal or what they have to get done in like a week or whatever it is and then the week's just gone and they don't even know what the hell they did no i'm like wow wasting so much time mm-hmm. just doing shit that we don't even want to do in the first place mm-hmm you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Is there anything mm. else no. you want to say? No. You think you're good? Have yeah. You? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, that, that was awesome. I mean, thanks for coming on and sharing yeah. all of that, um, being vulnerable and open about it. Uh, I'm interested to see more of your blog and what you're going to be writing about. Oh my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> so we can share that uh, as well. Okay. And yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I thought that this would probably be a push to myself. You know, mm-hmm. I was thinking, should I go? Should I go? No. Should I be <laughs> vulnerable? You know? Yeah. Now that I did it, I feel so great that I did it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And a lot of people actually have had that. Um, mm-hmm. Like most people are they're like nervous and scared and they come and they're like, oh, I think I want to do another one, man. Like that was actually fun and they enjoyed it. And like, <laughs> it's not just for the listeners, it's for uh, you as well. And, mm-hmm. and like all the other speakers, right. It's just, uh, it's even therapeutic for you guys to just get it out. Right. Mm-hmm. For everyone to just share. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Thanks again. And uh, no, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. Yeah. All right. We'll see you up here. <laughs> oh yeah, come in. Yeah. We're doing bowls now, smoothie bowls. <laughs> true, true. I have to try one. All right. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome.